So. Aiden is such a bitch. But then at the end, I was like, hang on, am I catching feelings for her <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to That Pretentious Book Club. Welcome! We're so glad you're here. And we're so glad you've attended this comedy podcast about books, where we talk about books and nonsense, and then some more nonsense, and that's about it. Yeah. That's the, about it. That's about it. The books are in there, though. It's it's a decent one-third We will book. be talking about the book, for sure, Don't on this Don't worry, one. because this book was amazing! We love this book. We were talking about it already before we started. I know, before we even... That over there is Dr. Oh. Spoons Palermo, <laughs> aka Hi. Hi, howdy. That is Ash O'Rourke. But you can call her Weezy. You can if you want to. I, I certainly do. Weezy. She certainly does. I got so excited about the book that I, like, totally skipped our, like, chatter-chatter. So tell me how... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been 50 seconds. I was actually and you're like, gonna, okay, book? So the book. Actually, I was going to turn this podcast on its head, and it was going to be like seven-eighths book and like one-eighth nonsense. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy? We should try it for some time. For you know what? Time. I don't know. I really feel like our target audience, I feel like our listeners would not approve. <laughs> I feel like they'd be like, we did not come here for this explicitly. <laughs> well, I mean, you ke- we would not stay on topic the whole time. No, it's yeah. impossible. I think we used to kind of do more book uh earlier on it's probably except for the episodes when we didn't for the most part <laughs> except, for, <laughs> except for a couple outliers oh, i agree with you oh my god well like, i don't even know what we were talking about for our like two and a half hour long shadow and bone episodes like okay well those that one i felt knows. like well i also did like very very detailed summaries on those i like wrote them out almost mm, word yeah. for word like pages and pages so that a lot of that was book related and lots of gossip about the book but like our peter gossip Pan about episode, how much we didn't like mal mal moody mal actually i liked mal so yeah oh what, what did we call him we had so many names for him i know the amalgamation of the amalgamation <laughs> of mal's moods yeah yeah peter pan was a lot of nonsense it was but you know what the actual book is also a lot of nonsense mm-hmm. so also on theme anyway speaking of nonsense how's your week been anything nonsensical it's been pretty good my friend logan friend of the pod Mm -hmm. she was here for jane Eyre. yes she was here this weekend and it was crazy we did roller skating we did ren fair hell yeah it was so fun we did goodwill we did blue bonnet pictures we did did all of the things (laughs) oh my god we also did almost dying in a tornado oh that's fun (laughs) i don't think i told you about that yet Basically, Logan was having a lot of car trouble, so we kept calling it Mary Pippin Weekend, um, just like going off vibes, you know. But say that you're—it sounds that sounds like that exact vibe. <laughs> we were like, "Woo, Mary Pippin Weekend!" Were you and living on the edge of the Shire? Yes, we were. <laughs> but then it kind of turned into Mary Pippin Week because uh, Logan had a lot of car trouble and couldn't get back, and so she was just staying with me. Do you actually um, sabotage her car so she couldn't get back? <laughs> Okay, Ash, I really would prefer if we discuss this off air. <laughs> Very inconsiderate of you to mention it while we're recording. In front of everybody. In front of everyone. This is all being recorded. <laughs> Potential legal action could be taken. This is official Logan's literally going to listen to this and sue my ass. So thanks a lot. <laughs> I'll give you the bill. Um, <laughs> just kidding. But um, yeah, so then I took her on Tuesday night. 
we were driving up to Temple to meet mm-hmm. her mom. And then, so she was going to take her the rest of the way back to Dallas. But then there was stuff with her car. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. And Logan had mentioned, I think there might be some bad weather. And I was like, whatever. I literally don't care. Yeah. Because I'm very whatever about You're very many blase about weather, considering that weather has gotten you a few times. Yeah. You would think I'd be more concerned. I just feel like for a lot of things, I'm like, whatever, it's fine. I think I, maybe I have a thing where I feel like I'm immortal. I don't know. But I have main character syndrome in that I'm like, I won't die. I actually, I, I get that. I kind of do too. But it's almost like, I feel like this is true for a lot of people with anxiety. I feel like, like we, our brains are like, you are dying about like normal things. Yeah. And then stuff where you're actually at risk, you're like, this is completely Okay, normal. I definitely do that. <laughs> yeah. It, like today I was like, oh my God, going to work, I literally would I rather I'll die. Actually die. I will yeah. actually die. Yeah. But when there was a tornado warning, I was like, I'll be fine. No, it, but- when, <laughs> when we were at living in Galveston, there was a hurricane <laughs> oh my and the whole city flooded. You were like, we can make it. We were like, oh, no, we'll be fine. Yeah, they were like, get back inside. And we were like, bye. Yeah, they literally tried to make us go back. But listen, my car would have floated yeah, away. That, there was a very legitimate reason. Floated away. Absolutely. Um, uh, but so. definitely less stress about that than the first time I had to go to the post office by myself. <laughs> Well, that's stressful. It is. It's like, well, I hate going to the bank by myself. Yeah. Because I'm always like, what do I do again? Even though I've done it. I know. I always forget I, what to do at the bank. My last apartment complex broke me of that because they kept not setting up the new <laughs> payment portal. So I kept having to go into the bank yeah. to be like, it's me again. Hi. Can I have another cashier's check, please? Aww. And they were like, yeah, your apartment complex sucks, doesn't it? And I'm like, yeah. Aww. And then people who are waiting like at the other teller's side will keep trying to make conversation. And you're like... I hope you have a nice day, but I would appreciate not being spoken to. This is taking my full capacity to be calm right now already. I don't think you understand. I have no room in my brain for anything besides getting this cashier's check. Yeah, exactly. Um... Well, so we went to the... We went to Temple, and Temple is a town, not... Not like we went to a temple. Um, Like we went and attended Temple. Yeah. Yes. Uh, And we went... We were going, and the cl- the sky started getting real dark, like real dark. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, okay. Like real dark. I was like, I mean, it'll probably rain, but it's okay. And Logan is a little bit freaking out, mm-hmm. like on the phone with her dad. She's like, I don't know about this, like really scared. <laughs> and I was like, it's fine. It's literally fine. Yeah. But then I was like, well, I mean, okay, it, it is getting a little scary, I guess, but it, it'll be fine. And then yeah. Logan's phone goes, brr, 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 oh, no, and the, the alarm went off. Alarm. Yes, and mm-hmm. she read she read it out loud, and it was like, seek shelter immediately. Pull off of the road if you are driving. A tornado is in your imminent area or something. Oh, my and God. And I was like, oh, God. And then she looks over, and she goes, oh, my God, and points over to my left. And I look, and there is literally a tornado. A tornado. Oh, my literally, God. Literally, we're, like, driving into the tornado. It is going towards the highway that we are moving forward on. Oh, my God. And we were both like, ah! And so I'm, like, white-knuckling the steering wheel here, trying so hard. And so then I was already going to pull over to get gas. And so I'm like, it's fine, it's fine. We'll just go over into one of those businesses and we'll uh, get some gas and we'll go inside and it'll be fine. And Logan's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And we're both freaking out because it was... actively yeah, coming towards us and you. very dark and very scary and yeah. i've never even seen a tornado really See, i've seen a tornado twice but it's never been moving towards me <laughs> yeah. i've seen it in the distance and because it wasn't moving towards me i was like this is amazing yes but it if it turns and moves towards you holy <laughs> shit See, even like the second we got into the gas station which mm-hmm. took a while and was scary because yeah. people were all trying to get off the road yeah um even when we got 
Like the second we got into the gas station, I was like, okay, this is less scary because we were inside and yeah. it was like, hey, like, the listen, tornado can't get me. At least we'll all die together, you know. But like even just opening the door in the parking lot, my the wind was so strong that oh it was like God. pushing. I had to push the door open. Oh my god! And so then there was just like thirty people hanging out in this gas station, all kind of like recording it on their phone and like That's hilarious, you know, eating snacks and stuff. And mm-hmm. we made friends with this one girl who's from Dallas, but she's moving to Austin, and she was on <laughs> she was on uh, Facetime with her mom, who was like, "Okay, can you see the?" Tor- tornado and she's like yes mom i've been looking at it for 20 minutes and would like turn the phone around and her mom would be like oh my god and it was so dark and scary and then logan was like uh what town are we in because we were just driving you know yeah and she's like oh we're in Gerald." and i'm like oh my god because it took me a second but realized that is the town that got completely destroyed by a tornado years ago oh my god and i was like this is just not boding well for us no. um and so the tornado was literally on the other side of the highway oh coming my god. toward us, like on the highway but it ended up moving north and not coming directly nice. at us but it then it started hailing of course and it was just rainy rain rain hail 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 it was so scary well, not really. That part wasn't as scary, but it was still like, wow, this is a this is a weather emergency that we're stuck <laughs> in for sure. And the tornado was going towards Logan's mom, who no. was driving from Waco. Oh, and that's so stressful. Logan was like, Mom, please stay off the road. Do not go on the road. And so whatever. So then we're um, not not whatever to Logan's mom, but yeah. just like I don't want to explain everything that happened. Yeah. But then. Um, we ended up getting back on the road after, like, a while had passed because we're like, I mean, we can't stay in this gas station forever. Yeah. And it was moving north. Yeah. But then we ended up catching up to the hail. And so then it was hailing again. And it was like everyone was driving, like, 15 miles an hour on I-35. Oh, my God. And then everyone was trying to crowd under the overpasses so they wouldn't get hit by hail. And it was so crazy. And there were, like, fire trucks everywhere. Oh my police. God. Everything was a mess. Chaos. We ended up pulling pulling over into a hospital parking lot and just waiting there and trying not to get completely destroyed by hail kind of parked underneath some trees Uh then we watched the new stranger things trailer that came out that day (laughs) and then uh we ended up going back on the road a little bit later we made it to temple but by the time we made it to temple it was very dark and scary again and hailing again and so we went to an olive garden and uh, we had a lot of breadsticks. <laughs> you deserved it. It was insane. I honestly, for a few seconds there, thought I was going to die. Yeah, what well, sounds like <laughs> I would be thinking. And here, I thought I was going to have like the closest tornado call this year just because people have been like, yeah, this isn't really the area for tornadoes. Where I grew up in North Texas is Tornado Alley. Mm-hmm. So I was very used to it. So then down here, people were like, oh, no, we hardly ever get tornadoes. So I thought I was going to have the closest call because we basically closed on this house. And then two weeks later, a tornado hit like yeah. right across the highway from here. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't get a hold of anybody. And it's so rural that no one could like check. And so we basically assumed this house had been blown down. Also, this house has like nowhere to hide from a tornado safely. Yeah. So it would have been destroyed. <laughs> yeah. So we really were like already calling our insurance to like figure stuff out because we were like, there's no way. Yeah. Because it hit so close to but here. But it, it survived. We're and in then the house you had right an now. even closer call, and yours is worse. Yeah, well, I yeah, it was uh, it was unprecedented for me, you know. Um, what one, that hell? and the flood in Galveston were probably my biggest weather emergencies mm-hmm. I've been involved in. Yeah, the flood was also like the we could have died. Maybe was, <laughs> the 
flood was probably my first biggest weather emergency we totally could have done. It was very um, bad, actually. Yeah, we would have probably drowned in our cars if we hadn't figured out the way to get out of Galveston. Because oh, yeah. part of it was already flooding. I mean, people were literally like, turn around. But we there was a bunch of people trying to leave the island, Yeah, too. there was a bunch of people trying to figure out because like all but one exit off the island were completely like river flooded. Oh, yeah. And that is, PSA, if you've never tried to like get out of heavy rain, if it if there is running water, do not drive into it. Yes. Like that's like the big, that's why people are also like just stay put is because people get, dr- people drown in their cars mm-hmm. so much or people's like, they get into really bad cars. Yeah. Because of that. I mean, we so. definitely could have stayed in the house. But your car would have flooded Yeah, my away. car absolutely would have gone into the ocean. 100%. <laughs> it really would have. There was nowhere like, else I'm to pull it off. Like, I'm not even being facetious. This is not a joke. They were like, pull it up onto the curb. And I was like, have you seen her car? My like, car is tiny. So Full, small. huge, uh, like, trucks were halfway underwater. Yeah. That would have been my entire been car. Gone. It would have just floated <laughs> off. So I... So. I I hesitantly stand by our motives. I can see, I can see our I mean, you were very brave. You didn't have to go. That was very kind of you, you know? Hell no, I was like, adventure freaking town. Yeah, let's do this shit. Every time I see, um, were we at an Uptown, Uptown Cheapskate? Is that what it was? Or? I don't know. There was some we thrift store. thrift store. I think it was that. Every because time I see one. Because we left with nothing. So we yeah, had, nothing. like, we went to Target to get, like, underwear from, mm-hmm. like, the big pack of, like, granny panties. And we stopped at a thrift store to get some clothes because we couldn't go, I couldn't go back for, like, days. And yeah. I was also, this is the weekend I was trying to leave Galveston. I had to move. Yeah. So then when we finally could get back to Galveston, I had about eight hours to pack my entire apartment <laughs> overnight. It was crazy. And then the next day... My car broke down and I had to leave it in Galveston. <laughs> That's right. And I drove back with Lily. Yeah, you drove back with Lily and um, Javi and I took the moving truck back and I left my car in Galveston where it got towed to a mechanic and it was there for like two or three weeks until I could afford to pay them to fix it. Yeah, that was like a crazy time when you lived in Galveston. That was wild. I went and crashed on Emily's couch for like five days. I remember that. that, And I had like two outfits that we got from the the thrift store. And she was going to work and stuff. And I would just stay at home and I watched all of Broadchurch in like one day. I remember you told me that. And then I just kind of chilled at her house. That was such a good weather emergency. It it ended up fine for us. Yeah. Probably my other biggest weather emergency was when I was probably around 13. I went camping at the beach with my friend in their RV. Uh, and there was a hurricane, mm-hmm. so that that was on that was Port Aransas. So oh, that, that was, was twice. Pretty... Wait, how the hell are we forgetting the freeze? That was the oh, biggest weather oh emergency. <laughs> You're right. That was the biggest. That weather was emergency. the biggest. Wow, we've actually okay. Texas. Wait, is are maybe... we okay? Like <laughs> all of these things have happened to me within the span of two years, so or three Aside years. Aside from my one as, as a kid, obviously, yeah, because that's that, when the weather. Yeah, been the crazy. hurricane sounds scary, but yeah, the hur- I mean, I was off the. <laughs> My friend told me I rolled out of the off the top bunk smiling because I was like, hell yes. There is kind of something exciting when you're like, ooh, we have to stay here. Danger. Maybe the power will go out. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> the power will go out. It's true. And so we actually, because we were in an RV, it was also a very old RV. So it was like being inside of a tin can. 
with the hurricane. Mm-hmm. So we had to all leave and run through the sand and away from the dunes towards this one big structure in the distance. And we all managed to get inside Oh, it. my God. And we were watching the hurricane from the windows. And she was, like, panic texting one of our mutual friends. And I was just like, this is the best day of my entire <laughs> life. I can't even express <laughs> to you how. Because I was even younger then. So I also had no responsibility. Right. You were like, I was here. So I was just like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> You're like, Poseidon's wrath is upon us and I am smiling upon it. <laughs> That's exactly, exactly with the vibe entirely. I could like see like the flash of lightning and then like the huge waves. And we're like way, oh, wow. I mean, we're pretty inland and you can still see because we had to run as far as we could into the building. Um, it was funny though. I was like, this is the best, most <laughs> glorious thing I have ever witnessed. Oh my God. Yeah. And then the freaking freeze where I had no water or heat. I mean, my whole complex had no water or heat for two weeks, which is excessive because the storm itself was only like two days. But it it did so much damage in two days. Yeah. Well, yeah. the actual snow was on the ground for longer than the that. The snow was definitely on the ground for because it took four days for me to even be able to pack up the cats and get to my mom's because I couldn't leave. It was, and then that was still dicey. Like I probably should have waited. Another yeah, day. it was kind of scary. Like, yeah. um, the storm itself lasted about. By kind of scary, I mean pretty. Pretty it was damn scary. Yeah, because at least we're prepped for like hurricanes and tornadoes. Yeah, I here. no, there was no precedent. Really. No precedent um, at all. And then it destroyed my apartment. And then the complex yeah. decided to uh, to uh, not handle that well, and yeah. so I had to leave shortly after. That was bad. Yes, and due to legal reasons, I can't tell you guys anything else about it. <laughs> I legitimately can't. <laughs> I legitimately can't, but it was rough. Yeah. See, I almost made it out. And then literally the last day there was any ice on the ground. Destroyed myself. I wasn't there to witness you falling, but in my head, it looks exactly like when you fell in the water in Galveston. God. (laughs) Like with ice instead. See, I just fall no matter what. I fall so often. No, see, this was like, I have no idea what it looked like, but I imagine horrible because there was a very loud crack when my knee, like, oh, bent awful. the wrong way. That's horrible. And then I just sat on the ground and was, like, in shock for, like, two minutes. That's horrible. In Galveston, I, I was just, you were just suddenly Galveston, gone. Galveston, that was very funny. It was just the sound of rushing water. That's and right. then Kendall wasn't standing anymore. Yeah, for people who weren't here when we told it before, I just completely face-planted into flood water. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so then while we're trying to get out of the city, I'm just covered in disgusting water. So we kind of had to buy new clothes. Yeah, we did. It was rough. I was wearing, like, woolen tights. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I was walking through the water in my woolen tights. And who knows why I chose to wear those. I had, there was, like, a logical plan in my head Yeah, why I, chose I don't know. To. Our, I think we were kind of all over the place in terms of uh, rational thought. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh. Anyways, the book that we're covering yeah, this the book today is uh, Illuminae. Illuminae. It's a, the first book in the Illuminae Files Ooh, series. Ooh, by Amy Kaufman and, and Jay, Jay Kristoff. Kristoff. This was a book recommendation from, drumroll, Carissa Harlow. Oh. <laughs> Yay, Carissa. I couldn't decide if I was going to give you time to do a drum you roll did or not. not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never know, because what if I say drum roll and then... And then I just sit then, there and say... <laughs> Yeah, it's so much worse. <laughs> Anyways, um, so this book, so this is science fiction, and it's that it's definitely on the young adult 
new adult border because the characters I think are 17 and, for most of the yeah, book. Yeah, and then uh, our boy turns 18. And then the boy turns 18 and there's definitely some talk about more like adult relationshipy things. So I would call it a new adult actually, even though age-wise they're still technically young adult. I think it's young adult just because young adult is spicy, you know. Is it? That's so <laughs> yeah. disappointing to me. So this is either a spicy young adult or a tame new but adult. But this wasn't that spicy. They yeah, only no, alluded to things, really. That's true. I guess, yeah, I guess in that sense, it's more young adult. But then he turns 18, and then at the very end, <laughs> You're like, he's an adult now. Well, she's also 18 <laughs> at the end, though. Yeah, so maybe the rest of the series there's gets more new adult. new adult. So, yeah, so this is, so this book may be young adult, but the rest, I think there's two other books. I think it's a trilogy, Carissa said. I think yes, so the other I have got to read the other two. I am. I have obsessed. to know what happens. I, I have, have to know. To know. <laughs> oh my god! I, I said, before we even started recording, after like, so spoiler alert, I love this, <laughs> and I was like, uh, me too. <laughs> spoiler alert. Duh. We were both like, we have to know. No, what I have happens. to read the rest of it instead. I purchased uh, instead of purchasing the other two books in the series like I wanted. I purchased training things for my dog like treats and stuff because i have a new dog she looks so cute i don't think i i didn't have her the last time we recorded no no so brownie didn't. our sweet girl i think i talked about her but she's here with us now she's actually in this room with us because Yay! we got the door shut because my ac unit is so loud and hooray i have ac you guys it was actually a very cheap fix so hooray um oh good i'm glad yeah if you guys are in central texas in need of some ac advice boy do i love the people that we use so hit me up but anyways, um, now Brownie Girl is here, and she's Yay. such a good girl. But she, she has separation is a sweet anxiety. Baby. So. Yeah, she's sweet. She's got anxiety, so she's uh does not like to be away from me, or Javi. But Javi doesn't want to play with her right now, and she wants to play, and he's like chilling because he just got back. So, <laughs> so she's like, that's fine. She's kind of sleeping. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. been a little sad today. She's been kind of mopey, but I think it's because she's just now processing that she officially lives here. Yeah, she's like, wait, oh, this is, it's like when you're a kid and you go to kindergarten and you're like, oh, wait, I have to keep going back? Yeah, or... you're like, that was fun for a couple of days. Oh, wait, this is every day for the rest of my life for the next 17 years? Or not 17, because you don't go to school when you're like one year old, but for a lot of years. Yeah. Yeah. And no one asked wait, them if they wanted to sign up. how long have I been in school? Oh my God, you've been in school a I, long time. I went to preschool as well. Did so you really? I've been in school for like 24 two years i was gonna say 22 oh my god you've been in school for 22 <laughs> years who puts us on this train nobody oh asked my us. god literally my entire life has been school that's wow. you think i'd be smarter by now you know <laughs> <laughs> it's just all a different kind of smart well you know who i'll never be as smart as who katie grant in this book oh our yeah. our mc i think she has a Aiden said her IQ was like 147. Yes. Which is very well, good. Aiden is an AI and he's like, it's only 147. Yeah. She's well, such an Aiden's idiot. Aiden's kind of a bitch. So. Aiden is such a bitch. But then at the end, I was like, hang on, am I catching feelings for her <laughs> computer? Right. <laughs> <laughs> sociopath. No, okay. He's actually, I would say he's I not sociopathic. I don't think Aiden. Yeah. He's I, psychopathic, though. Aiden, I have very strong feelings about. But so do I. I'm like, oh. <laughs> no. wish you had a physical body, <laughs> Aiden. Maybe we could hold hands. Actually, no. He, but he does have that like tortured soul thing. That's just really. I think he's yeah. just really intriguing. I definitely. He is a very a fascinating character. character. Yeah, it's okay to have a crush on the robot. I know. Voice. Well, he. This would actually. He would not be the first computer I've had a crush on. Karen, my computer wife. <laughs> Yes. Um, but 
I was extremely fascinated by him. I definitely no, have feelings. Backtrack. Who was the other computer? <laughs> well, he's an android. Data from Star Trek. Oh. <laughs> I feel certain he's not yeah, the only one on Data either. from Star Trek. Yeah, and I don't even remember him as being my first, and I think I would remember, so I know that there are others. There's another one somewhere. There's at least one more. That's okay. I, I think I feel you. There is definitely have- another, like, AI that I've been like, wow, I'm really into this AI. <laughs> I definitely have a crush on uh, Teddy the robot from Westworld, but yeah. he's like a James Marsden cowboy, so I feel mm-hmm. like that's not very controversial. Of Data me. is the only like sweet darling, like definitely good good guy with no bad boy energy at all. Who I've been like, <laughs> sweet Data, I would marry you if you asked God, me. I love that for you. <laughs> Data's the only one though. He's just so good. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's like a single bad boy who I'm like, no, for him I would. Yeah. Maybe Zuko from Avatar, but he's not really he's, a he's bad boy. He's a morally boy. grave boy. He's not even a bad he's boy, He's really though. very sweet. He's actually he's actually a good boy. <laughs> so I guess that doesn't count. <laughs> he's a good boy from a bad boy nation. <laughs> yes. He could have been so much worse. <laughs> he could have my My iconic line. He yeah. Been so much worse. <laughs> See, Aiden. I don't know. I have to think That's about it. That's what I feel it. about Aiden. He could have been worse. He, I mean, he could have been better. Well, that is but exactly the problem. He could have just minded his own business, you know? Well, he's an AI, so he's designed not to. See, I know. As soon as they were like, there's AI, I was like, okay, well, buckle up. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> seriously. What is the deal with this? Very, very true. I saw a thing about how a smart car crashed and killed someone like a couple months ago, and I was like... On purpose. Have we learned <laughs> nothing? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I'm sorry, but I do not trust that way yet. No. Like, I've watched The Matrix too many times. I'm still suspicious about the trash cans you can wave your hand over and they open automatically <laughs> you're like if i walk into a bathroom and i see automatic uh towel dispensers, towel dispensers i do i walk right out i walk right back out what do you, what do you think that little red I go light down is? the street i don't care <laughs> <laughs> the little red light that's evil right there baby <laughs> that's evil right there baby oh my god but let me clarify, I do not have a crush on Aiden, the I think AI. it's fine if you do. No, I no agree. No one would judge you. I think it would be fine. I think I just, I, <laughs> listen, I'll totally cop to it. I've copped to way uh-huh, weirder crushes. Yeah, you just, that's just not the vibe. No, it's, I'm just so intrigued. I have feelings for him, but not like love feelings. Like, right. I care so deeply yes. about Aiden. And I'm like, and at first I was like, I'm freaking pissed at you, Aiden, you little bitch. Mm-hmm. And I was so mad at him. And at the end I was like. Aiden, I want such good things for you. I want to know what your future is like. He's so poetic. He's so poetic. I was like, Especially I think that's it also. Error. 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 <laughs> Every time he's like, I have a nice thought. Error. <laughs> he's like, humans aren't that bad. Error. Error. He's like, Katie he's is like, pretty. I wish error. I had a body. Error. He's like, I wish I could hold her hand. Error. Oh, and I'm baby. kind of really into him being into her. I think that's what it is. Is I'm like... <laughs> I know he that definitely had a crush on her. He definitely had a crush on her. There's something so fascinating and just so sweet about that to me. Yeah, that was very cute. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, that one part where he's like, yeah, she's really chaotic. I can see why he loves her. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's one of my favorite that quotes, actually. Cry a little bit. I know. That's one of my she's, favorites. She I is saved. catalyst. She is chaos. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, also I think also because the things that Aiden sees in Katie and admires in her are the things that I hope that I have. And like I wanna be that way. Uh-huh. So it's also like I'm having strong feelings because the You're things like, that Aiden is pointing mm-hmm. out is like these are positive traits, these are attractive traits, these are admirable traits. I'm like, Aiden, would you think that about 
love me. You're like, wait, maybe Aiden would be in love with me. Wait, exactly. I'm like, oh my god, Aiden, would you have a crush on me? And he's like, no, I would have killed you in the first <laughs> massacre that I instigated. Oh god. Anyways. I know. I would. There's no way I would survive this book. No. Like the odds are so against you. The odds are against everybody. Pretty much everybody's dead. Like literally. It's rough. Um, <laughs> like many thousands of deaths in this so book. So many thousands of deaths. Well, anyways, you want to tell us about the author? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so this is a book. Is this our first book where there's co-authors? I think there I it think is. I think this is our first co-author book, yeah. Uh, this, the authors are Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff, and they wrote this series, The Illuminae Files, and they also wrote a series called The Aurora Cycle, which I believe I've seen before. I think I've seen that. I don't yeah. have to write that down because that was... Now this one was so good. Yes. Um, our girl Amy has also written a, books with uh, Megan Spooner. So hmm. she's very good at co-authoring, it seems. That's a very specific skill set. Yeah, I don't think I could do it. It's very hard. I want to try, but I also, I'm also like, well, my ideas are better than yours, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, no, I want to, because while I'm writing, I feel like things just happen, and I'm yes, like, oh, exactly. okay, I'm a long ride. So I'm so like, I can't. like, what if that didn't happen? I'd be like, but that is what happened. That is what happens. Or like, especially with characters, I'm mm-hmm. like, no, that's what the character did. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have to discuss it with somebody else. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I am not I, my thing is, I really think co-authoring would be fun, but I also know that I hate teamwork. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I categorically like a hate teamwork. Yeah. Oh, I, I avoid team sports because I hate working with other people. <laughs> so why do I think that I could write a this book with This is very someone? Katie Grant of you, by the way. I, yeah. See, um, I, I definitely related to her. But I think she's relatable to a lot of people. Works poorly with others. Works <laughs> poorly. Is, demo- is bad demoralizing attitude. with others. Yeah, demoralizing. I used to get the bad attitude note in school a lot, and I was confused by that. Because really? I did really, really well in school, but I was told often by teachers that I had a bad attitude. I think it's partly because I'm a suck up, and so I want people to like me so bad, but mm-hmm. you're kind of like, this is who I am. I'm like, I'd almost rather you dislike me. Yeah, I think that so must you'll be leave it. Me alone. See, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily bad attitude, but I think people are so used to boring people like me who very much, like, will do anything for approval. It's not boring. You guys are nice. It's nice. You make the world nice. Some of it is fake, though, you know? Like, yeah. I'm not actually nice well, a lot of the time. Well, I can also fake it, but I just have decided that it's not worth See, it. See, that's so, so much more interesting. Is it? I mean, listen, everyone, be a nice person. Ash is a nice person, but <laughs> you don't have to be a suck up. Okay, but you don't have to be a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> there's a difference between no, being there's nice you can be and being a teacher's pet. Okay, yeah. um, so yeah, so with Megan Spooner, she wrote the Starbound and the Unearthed trilogies. Mm. All of these sound very spacey. Hang on, I have to write all of these down because I don't have enough science fiction <laughs> in my life. Yeah, I know. While I was reading this, I was like, wait, I forgot I love science fiction. It's hard because a lot of people think of science fiction as like the really hardcore, like there's epic fantasy, like Dune. which is like, yeah, Dune, <laughs> Dune is, is like so hardcore hard. science fiction. Mm-hmm. And like epic fantasy, like Wheel of Time, mm-hmm. that is even Aragon, that is hardcore fantasy. So that takes a lot of brain power, honestly, to like keep up with but there's still this kind there's still accessible science fiction guys yeah i've got to read more of like this kind of shit jay has also written books by himself some for adults like the lotus war they both live in australia they're australians did you know that i did not i know had that. no idea it makes me think like do these chum? characters have <laughs> i know i just chum? thought it was gonna be like space lingo i was like this That's is just what, what they say in space now <laughs> Um, <laughs> this is just what they say in space. They both are married. Not to each other, but to different people. How cute would it be if they were married to each other, though? I know, that'd be crazy, right? Yeah. Um, Actually, no. You probably don't want to be married to another writer. 
have like an Elizabeth Barrett Emily- Browning situation. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Emily's favorite um, authors are married as a, is a married couple. What? And I met them one time at a what? signing event. Yeah, and they basically told her their entire plot for the next book. Oh my God, it was the craziest thing ever. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, Javi says he wants to write a book about a toilet that travels the world, just to prove that he can sell more books than me. So I mean, I guess <laughs> is we he could writing end up being that literally couple. Captain Underpants or like. <laughs> no, I forgot he named it something, but. Uh, and I, I, he, he has described the plot to me in depth multiple times. Like he has a oh, fully... Oh, he's got it down. He has a fully flushed out story. But, um... Well, see, that's the hard part. Now he's got to write it down. Yeah, he's not gonna. He's and not I'm relying to. upon that because I'm sure it would be more successful. <laughs> oh, no. By sheer freaking I get so luck. mad when I'm like, why are you more successful than me? To, like, random <laughs> Exactly. So if my husband is going to be more successful than me with a book about a toilet that travels the world... I might literally kill him. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be valid. Yeah. See, my brother is definitely a better writer than me, but he doesn't really have the, mm-hmm. uh, he's not like in his place right now where he writes anything. So uh-huh. I'm like, thank God for that. My brother's a really good writer too. Like when we were younger, he used to write and it was really, really yeah, good. Like, like he could, if he had continued it, he could have been better than see, me. See, we need to encourage them not to write because otherwise uh, that was so embarrassing you were gonna say us. we should encourage them to write and i was gonna be like what are you crazy <laughs> no we don't <laughs> no no tell them to never write they never need to write <laughs> this can be our thing G- guide them towards stem stem <laughs> yeah, stem stem, STEM. <laughs> it's where you belong <laughs> no just writing kidding. is for girls just to keep them out <laughs> Jay Kristoff comes out of this page and like kills me. Seriously, <laughs> no, me because I said it. <laughs> Sorry, Jay. Actually, just it's kidding. Yeah. Writing is for everybody, but it's, also if you're our brothers, don't write anything. Yeah, it's for everyone except for our brothers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And my husband. Uh, yeah, everyone else is fine. <laughs> but at the end of the book, uh, there's like a little like cute little Q and A that Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff did. Oh, cute. Um, you should read it at the end because um, you're holding my book. So at the end, yeah, you should oh. read it. It's very cute. <laughs> I am very much keeping this from you. <laughs> no, no, I not that I want it. I was just saying because you didn't have it so i figured yes, it's not in the audio it wasn't no but it's in the hard copy at the end it's adorable and jay christoph one of the questions that they asked is um which character do you relate to the most and unsurprisingly amy kaufman said katie i'm sure most of us who are chicks reading it relate to her because she's the girl main character <laughs> yeah. she's very relatable she has a couple uh, things we that love are the like, girl main character that is ash and then she has stuff that's just like well she's just amazing so how can you not but um jay christoph said the character he related to the most was aiden and he's like i don't know what that says about me probably nothing good and i was like jay that does not say anything good about he you <laughs> well we just said we might have crushes on him so maybe he's... it doesn't i didn't say that said anything good about me <laughs> really? this is on us <laughs> so they both live in australia they're both married Australian and they mate. also have dogs and oh, uh that's cute now. Um, I couldn't find, like, specifics on this. Probably mm-hmm. Catherine will find it for me. But, uh, it says, this thing I'm reading says that they met thanks to international taxation law and stuck together due to a shared love of blowing things up and breaking hearts. <laughs> Which I don't even sense. know. First this is all, from an unlikelystory.com. How um, do you, first of all, what's, what is the scenario taxation that law. international taxation law brought you together? And then also, how on earth did you get onto the topics to <laughs> reveal that you both have those loves in common? Maybe they mean like in their writing, they enjoy doing that. I hope so. They're not actively not. committing arson or something. I'm okay with it, depending on what they're committing arson on. 
<laughs> oh no, someday I'm going to get arrested. This is no. not going to look good for me. Oh yeah, we got to delete these files. <laughs> got to delete these files. It's just so Katie Grant can beep, find beep, them beep, later. Delete it. Yeah, <laughs> Katie Grant's going to expose us. Okay, so some more specifics. Jay Kristoff is Australian. He was born in Perth in oh, 1973. Nice. He is six feet, seven inches tall. He is tall. Whoa. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of a guy that I went on a date with who was 6'10 in college. What? Mm-hmm. And he was a poet. That was what he, he did. He wrote poetry. And oh I was just like, God. I mean, I'm so happy for you. But so much of my brain cannot process that you have all of this like physical ability <laughs> and that we are a basketball school. And I'm sure that he gets I'm sure he hates that I'm saying this mm-hmm. somewhere. He's like mad right now that mm-hmm. I'm saying because I'm sure it's infuriating. But it is wild because a lot of us turn to like artistic endeavors because we don't succeed at physical <laughs> endeavors. <laughs> because we don't have the ability to. So we naturally gear he, this way. Maybe he's not that coordinated. Yeah, it's very possible. There's just, just tell, See, people used to tell me all the time, oh, you should be in basketball. You should be in volleyball. Yeah. And I was in basketball. And I was, I mean, I wasn't great, but I was not terrible. But I have no ability for volleyball. This is going to sound like a joke now, because looking at my height now, but I was tall as a child for my age. Uh-huh. And then I stopped growing mm-hmm. entirely. Mm-hmm. But at that time, I got the same. You should play basketball or volleyball. And I played volleyball. And I hated it. And I immediately decided I hate team sports. And then my father said I had to play a team sport if I wanted. Because what did I say? I think I said I wanted to do dance or martial arts or something. Something like more individual. Uh And he said I had to play a team sport first. And I did, and I hated every single minute of it. <laughs> You're like, when can I do Either martial dance arts? or martial arts, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember when you were in dance. I liked it. I yeah, it. you guys were, did a ballet one time yes, while I was there. Yes, when I was really little, yeah. I was in ballet and tap, and then I and then I quit because my legs are messed up, so I couldn't do the splits <laughs> because my bones turn weird. Yes. And so then I quit ballet because I, they kept holding me back. And then later I wanted, I forget, I, there was something else I wanted to do, but my father insisted I play a team sport. So I picked volleyball because to casually play in the sand, if you're not keeping score, it's kind of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but there's a picture of me after my first volleyball game where I'm like hardcore faking a smile in the picture because someone's insisting on taking no. a picture and my eyes are all red because I've been crying because no. I had a miserable time. And that that picture, I might be smiling in later pictures of me playing volleyball, but it's because I've hardened myself on the outside. <laughs> on the inside, I was equally miserable. No. But I still love volleyball. I enjoy it. I just don't like keeping score yeah, or just playing like- on a team or having teammates. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I enjoy hitting the ball by myself. I enjoy it. <laughs> it's actually true. I, I could I used to just bump it to myself for like Aww. hours and that's really fun for me. Well, that's good. Yeah. I used to do that with te- a tennis ball and a tennis racket. I would just yeah. boom, boom, boom yeah, for it's hours. Fun. Yeah. Sorry, anyways. Fun. No, it's good. So Jay Kristoff's tall. He's tall. Uh he has a dog named Sam Wise. Aww. Love that for him. That's adorable. I love that for him, And he too. also is married. Um, Aww. Guess, guess his zodiac sign. Mm, Gemini. Now I have to make sure I, I'm guessing correctly. I don't know. I don't know him that well. Uh, Maybe Scorpio. Gemini or Scorpio, which are very, very different. But you I'm... are correct. It is Scorpio. Hell yeah. It's the part of him that relates to Aiden. That's why I was <laughs> that's like, why. that's Scorpio. Absolutely. He loves playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh my god, he I love this guy. Worked in advertising. It's because my and, moon sign uh, is Scorpio. That must be it. <laughs> that makes sense for you. Aries and Scorpio, damn. I know. Chaos. I know. Um so, <laughs> Okay, on our girl Amy, 
She It's like double the work. I should have to do like two bios in a row because <laughs> you have to do it for two. No, it's fine. She grew up in Australia as well, but also in Ireland. <gasps> uh-huh. Hell yes, girl. And she has, uh, they both have degrees like in arts and stuff. She specifically studied also the law, history, and literature. I really love that. Um, and she also has a master's degree in conflict resolution. And she was a mediator before she became an author. Interesting for a character. Yes. For writing a character with so much conflict. Yes. And now she's pursuing a PhD in creative writing. Love that for her. I love that for her, too. So she also lives in Australia with um, her husband and her dog. I almost pursued law. And wait. I would have gone into family law. Mm, see that sounds so stressful because i well, yeah because i want to f shit up for bad dudes <laughs> and bad and bad chicks but in my experience there's a lot of bad dudes you're like no you get nothing well i'm just like they have adequate money to pay for living <laughs> such a drastic request i believe her birthday is also in november oh my god also a scorpio they're like two <gasps> days apart what yeah oh my god i'm going ba- based on this twitter post i'm using my detective skills like Catherine does <laughs> lee bardugo responded to her and said oh my god is it your birthday oh wait there she's friends with lee bardugo she is apparently friends with amy okay amy kaufman is living my life <laughs> she's living my life oh my god oh my god that's amazing yeah so her birthday is possibly november 16th very jealous. You go, Amy. And Jay. I mean, I cannot even give you guys... You'll never listen to this, but I cannot give you guys kudos enough. <laughs> this is... I mean, if it's not in my top three, it's at least in my top five now. And it has Dang. been so long since a sci-fi book has hit my top five because sci-fi is just... It can, not, it can be difficult to pull off without being just either really long-winded and technical or just super cheesy. And this is amazing. I'm going to recommend this book to everybody It is I know. super good. I like, we don't need it. We're I already I really, famous, really want to get number two and three because I have got I to know too. what happens. I'm wondering if I get it on thrift books, that, that doesn't count as spending money, right? No, it doesn't count. Because it's less money. That's that you're saving money actually I, by buying it off thrift books. I've been here for about a week now, right? I have received four packages from thrift books in the time I've been here. I did buy Red and Red 2 on DVD. Did you? <laughs> I, did. I found it for like $2. Oh my God. Hell yes. <laughs> you are so funny. Anyways, is that all we, is that all we got it. on That's our That's all I got. Fantastic. Well, if you guys have the hard copy of the book or you buy it, there's a lot of fun little tidbits about the authors, them answering questions in the back. And you can really get a feel for their voices. And so then I'm like, I kind of feel like I know, I have a guess at which parts y'all wrote, uh-huh. respectively, based on I was that. guessing, too, while I was reading. I was yeah. like, or listening. I was like, hmm. Yeah. I think Jay, unsurprisingly, wrote a lot of Aiden. Um, and yeah. he said that Aiden was easily the deepest character he's ever written, which is fascinating because it's a computer and i was like a hundred this is aiden might be the deepest character i've ever read there's layers there there's so many layers and it's also because he there's like a distance between him and humanity and him Mm. being an ai that he was able to address some of like the weird questions about humanity and morality and immortality um which jay talks about in his little answers so um, i love that so interesting and then of course amy kaufman goes into like katie and stuff Mm -hmm. which i'm wondering so katie Katie and Katie and Catherine. These are some of my favorite names in the world. <laughs> and I was trying to convince Javi that we should name one of our children Katie because, like, we've got, like, the one boy name we agree on. And then I just, like, want to come up with a couple options for girl names, right? Mm-hmm. 
so what if I change my mind? Lorelai is good. But what if there's something better? <laughs> right? And so I asked him about Katie. And he said no, because his cousin's name is Katie. And mm-hmm. I'm like, so, okay, but what about K-A-D-Y now? I'm going to ask. He'll probably still say no, but. It wouldn't be exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not Aeschylus, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's no Dragon Slayer. It's no but... Dragon. Well, we're, sh- we're still going to keep Dragon Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um. I guess we should get into the book now. Let's do it. I mean, are you going to get deep, deep? How Why? deep? I don't know. I was just wondering because I do not envy you because there was a lot that happened in this. Okay, yeah. Like a lot. So Do whatever you want. I was I'm just wondering. I'm just going to wing it. I didn't take notes. <laughs> also, it's tricky because I listened. I first, I read a couple Sorry. chapters and then I listened yes. to the audiobook and then I read a couple more chapters and then I listened to the audiobook. So it's a little bit disjointed. The last half of the book I read all the way through, mm-hmm. which is the best way for me to actually retain information. And so. it was the best part of the book. I fully agree. So if you're like, wow, there's not a lot of details about the beginning, that's wise because I don't process information that well audibly. I have to... I either write it myself or see it written like probably a lot of us on this Mm. podcast so that's why (laughs) they're like yeah we're listening to y'all and we are not getting any of this this. well it's because we're talking about something they can go read (laughs) Uh, read this is the loophole yay yay so we start out this is science fiction it's in the future uh earth is referred to as well this it's the united authorities of Terran UTO or Terran authorities or something. Yeah, but it's like Terran. Yeah, Yeah, Terran. So Earth people with Terran people, right? So people have moved on from Earth to populate other planets and stuff all around the universe. So this is very cool. Um, It's like a fun (laughs) setup. It's not that different than a lot of other sci-fi, but Uh we're going to get there. It's still super original. Um, Actually, some of this reminded me of Serenity. If anyone watched Firefly... That series was cut short, but they concluded with a movie called Serenity about the spaceship Serenity. Um, and a lot of this vibe was so similar, especially with, like, the revelations about Baytech and what they were into. Mm, so, yeah. So good. An amazing sci-fi series. It's a space western, you guys. Uh, oh, the best. The best. Captain Malcolm Reynolds, the ultimate crush. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> Nathan Fillion. <laughs> Nathan Fillion. He's so good as Captain Malcolm. He's hot. Mal. He's hot. Nathan Fillion is so hot. Like, he really is. He's so charismatic. He is. And then I think Alan Tudyk is in that, too. Oh, I love and, Alan Tudyk. Yes, he he's adorable, and I love him so much. And he plays Wash, the cat, like, the, the um, pilot of the ship. Oh. And he's so, like, smarmy and sarcastic. Oh. And he's married to Zoe, like, the first mate on the <gasps> ship. Wait, what? And, yes. Why haven't I watched it? I don't know. <laughs> all so I know good. is that people who watch Firefly are completely obsessed with it. Because and all they do is yell i cannot believe it was only <laughs> one, so many, season. one season yeah well, hang and on i'm ready to, know to buy the firefly dvd after oh yeah i was just buying a bunch of dvd sets <laughs> yeah because i i want to preserve our internet usage <laughs> i love that i'm gonna buy you a dvd set what do you want <laughs> oh my god almost anything okay <laughs> that makes sense. actually i'm trying to find stuff on blu-ray but it's really hard to find because if it's on blu-ray i can watch it in the living room or in the bedroom oh. but if it's dvd i can only watch it in the bedroom so there's a lot of really? stuff i can I only watch blu-ray in the bedroom. players play both they do, but in the in the living room, I have the PS4, and I can only play Blu-rays oh, off of it. Oh, I see. Or I could just, genius idea, I could just buy another DVD player. <laughs> buy a VHS player. <laughs> I have some VHS I know, I do nice. too. I have a lot. So we, so actually, we both, we need DVD and VHS players. 
I'm definitely gonna get another DVD player. I'm gonna write that down too. You guys, I'm just creating my like shopping list, my like frivolous <laughs> shopping list while we're doing this. Um, I have all my old Disney VHSs from my childhood. Oh, and nice. I really want a VHS player. To Somewhere play I have Barbie Swan Lake on VHS. Um, oh my god! I have so many Veggie Tales. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, it's good. Anyways, back to the book. Yeah, back to uh, space. Back to space. Space, the final frontier. Hell yes. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm getting like so excited. My brain is like buzzing. I, know, I keep thinking about space. <laughs> God, I love about space. It. Wait, I've got to read number two. Okay. I know. Catherine's going to be so excited that we, uh, by the Catherine, I mean, I mean Carissa. Carissa Catherine, so um, the other Catherine. Wait, that, that we, we are finally are this excited 100%. about one of her books. 100%. Um, that we finally liked one of them. <laughs> Not that we liked Fablehaven. That's true. Fablehaven well, I good. liked Hunchback as well, but it was so much. Oh my god, Hunchback. <laughs> I can't even with that book. Anyway. <laughs> so we we start out. We are on Carenza, which is a like outline planet. It's very hard to get to. It's like on the outskirts of the universe. This is huge Star Wars energy. It almost. is. Spoons just gave me the hang loose sign. Yeah, because it's awesome. It's also, like, this is also a concept in Firefly, in that universe, because like a lot of the outline planets planets are more like criminal based planets because yeah. they're so far from like mm-hmm. the alliance that it's hard to get to so anyways the uta or whatever it is the you know terran authority the united terran authority or something um united authority of terran Ter- i think it's the united terran authority i don't know why i think the word terran comes last whatever you, you guys know. understand it's fine the government anyways, <laughs> the government the universe government mm-hmm. basically um has would have a hard time reaching Carenza, so they just don't really check on them which is great because it's, there's an illegal mining colony yeah we love an illegal Hooray! mining colony. we love it we love crime wait no <laughs> we love crime we, we love, love crime. crime oh no <laughs> this is gonna look so bad for us someday i just know it um, if we ever commit crime in the future yes we did do it <laughs> <laughs> no 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 um just see kidding. for you this is a funny joke but for me i'm concerned <laughs> you're like do not say that again this is funny. No, I'm kidding. Um, if it was a space crime, though, we did kill You're like, it. I'm kidding. I've already blamed it on Hobby. So. <laughs> I'm kidding. I've already framed, like, three people. <laughs> a space crime. Ooh, space crime. Space crime. Space, crime. space outlaw. Hell yeah. I mean, is there anything hotter than space outlaw? Literally, there's not. I really don't think there is. Because you get, like, you know, your, like, cowboy and space thing come Combined. together. That yeah. is where the real... That's where it lies. Mm, absolutely. Also, Hotter. Space Gangster is pretty good. Like, not that it's necessarily hot, but the aesthetic is so good. Space Gangster. Yeah. Like, give me an example. Like, um, like the mob in space. <laughs> <laughs> this I feel like this happens on Star this Wars. Is a fantasy of yours? No, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm thinking of, maybe I'll write it. I don't know. <laughs> you should. I mean, there's a guy, what's his name? Um... I mean, Jabba the Hutt's kind of a mobster. That's kind of true, but you think he's hot? <laughs> no, I'm I'm saying the energy is good. Oh, I see, well, I see. his energy is not good, but I think you could make it good. There's a little bit in Firefly of um, dang it, what is his Ew, name? Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> Jabba the Hutt. There is a little bit of that in Firefly too. I just I the space cowboys are where it's at for me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so illegal mining colony on Carenza. Uh, we meet Katie Grant. Uh, so I guess I should preface that the way that this book is written. Um, <laughs> yes, my favorite part. Yes, it's this in like transcript and document form. It's like found footage book. Yeah, it's found footage. 
Uh, so it's got, there's a lot of like interview transcripts. There's transcripts of files that like other people found, quote unquote. There's like, um, like instant messaging. Yeah. Lots and lots of instant messaging, which I love. So that's how this whole book is written. So, and the audiobook is full cast. So it is the coolest audiobook I've ever listened to. It is the coolest to. audiobook and it is the coolest book book. Like uh-huh. the way that it is. And apparently Jay Kristoff was an artistic director. Oh, So that explains yeah. why it was so, the production process for this book and for the audiobook were so specific, but it's amazing. Um, so anyways, so we start out and it's basically, there's some kind of, uh, okay, so basically there's this, um, figure, this, like, shadowy figure, Illuminae, who is contacting somebody at, do we know who they're contacting at the beginning? No. Okay, I didn't think so. find out at the end. So we don't know who this person is contacting, but we just, they're just saying, hey, I've got the files that you hired me to find about this, like, job thing or whatever here they are and it's like the voice is all like shadowy and spooky in the audiobook uh-huh. it doesn't have like the same the same level of sh- of shadiness in the book but it is like mysterious like yeah. who is illuminae and why do they have all this information so like i've collected all of these documents for you to peruse regarding the incidents on Corenza and all the other stuff that went on so anyway so then we get to see a transcript uh this is a transcript of an interview the interview basically takes place after the fact of all of this stuff has gone down they're interviewing katie Grant, who is this character on Carenza, uh, from Carenza, who then goes on to do, you know, obviously she's the entire book. She's one of the main characters. So, anyways, she's saying, it's kind of funny because that's the day I broke up with my boyfriend when all of the <laughs> shit went down on Carenza. Yeah. And her boyfriend, Ezra Mason, Ezra. he's also being Ezra. interviewed separately. So then you get to see his transcript. So you get to see them both kind of describing. The day that shit went down on Carenza. Yeah. Yeah. And in their relationship. And in their relationship. Because she broke up with him because she was like, I want to travel the universe. And he's like, I'm never leaving Carenza. Uh And she was like, well, F you. And he was like, but I love you. Yeah. He's like really a simp. (laughs) He's a major simp. And Katie is secretly also a major simp. She totally is. She's so into him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But anyway, so she's like disgusting. I'm like, ugh, y'all are so gross. I love you. I know. And then Aiden's (laughs) like, wow, I love Katie. And it's like, oh my God, so much simping going Robot. You're a robot. You can't sip. And he's like, he's error, like, I will. Error, error. error. I'm freaking out. Error, error. She's so hot. Error, error. <laughs> Anyways, um, okay. So basically, they're both giving their accounts of the day that Carenza was attacked by Baytech, which is this big corporation. And so basically, they're like, of course, Baytech wanted to come and basically massacre the entire planet because they wanted to take over the mining operations and because they know this is an illegal colony it's not like the uta is gonna pay attention right i think it's that's gonna really bug me it's not like the authorities are gonna really notice um so they both managed to get off planet uh miraculously Mm -hmm. uh which is it's just crazy they both get assessed for conscription into the military right it's going to take them months to get to a jump point to get out of this area of the universe also and not all ships are equipped to jump uh i believe the one i believe the alexander which is the name of the ship that uh ezra ends up on because they end up on different ships she's on the hypatia which is more of a research vessel um so they end up emailing each other and stuff but basically they say that uh 
that Katie and her report, right? So the book has their assessments given for for conscription or not mm-hmm. in the military. His is like great team player, has some trauma and PTSD, <laughs> clearly has some other issues, but we do recommend for combat because X, Y, Z. And then on hers, it's like does not play well with others, has a demoralizing <laughs> attitude when placed with others, and then like, does not recommend for conscription. <laughs> yeah, she like specifically tries to get bad scores too. Yeah, she's- so she's an amazing like programmer. Uh-huh. Like she's she's so good at like any like computer stuff, hacking stuff, and so they need her skills. But they're basically like they even write like she intentionally bombed all of the assessments <laughs> because she, it's clear she doesn't want to work with us. Yeah, and uh, they said basically she'll do more harm than good. <laughs> if we yes. try to make her work with us. So if we leave her alone, she'll leave us alone. Yep, they're like, okay, fine. Yeah, exactly. So it's funny. But anyways, uh, for a little while, she continues to ice Ezra out, but then she starts responding to his emails. There's some weird shit that starts going down. So there's there's a whole fleet of ships, and her mom is on one of them. There's the Copernicus, which mm-hmm. is a freighter. I want to say it's a freighter. I can't remember. Anyways, it's another one of the ships, and there's a bunch of people on it. That's the ship that her mom is on. Her mom is a doctor, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so she's been putting in transfer requests to try and get, which we find out later, a little bit later in the book, to try and get transferred onto the Copernicus, but they keep getting denied for literally no reason. Nobody will give her any explanation. Um, Her father is on Heimdall, which is the jump point that they're trying to reach, but she quickly begins to suspect that something's not all well in in a... What's that saying? Suddenly it's gone. Uh, oh my god. I don't know. Things are not I, good at Heimdall. Yeah. I, <laughs> She's concerned. Um, anyway, so there's this there's this virus going around now. It's the Phobos yes. the virus. Bro, this sucks. This sucks. This is also a thing. They're called the Ravagers in Firefly. Mm-hmm. It's like a similar concept. I mean, it's just space va- um, space zombies. It's space basically. zombies, which is what the Ravagers are. Except yeah. the Ravagers aren't contagious. So this mm. is worse because this is like... This is like COVID ravagers. <laughs> yeah, it's like highly contagious. Highly contagious, and, yeah. And the signs of it are all like what you would expect from like PTSD survivors. Yeah. The, the initial signs. So like so they it's didn't catch it at all at the yeah. beginning. So there's a lot of like people start like shaking and then it starts to affect the mind. And while it is zombie, it's not the same kind of zombie. Like they're a lot more lucid than your typical zombie. Yeah, they're just going to become you're... like evil maniacs. Basically. Yeah, they basically become evil maniacs. Like whatever like they know really well, they just do to like an evil degree, basically. <laughs> yeah. like, which is insane. I know it sounds weird, <laughs> but it makes so much sense. And also I'll say that at the end you got to hear from Jay and, and Amy, the authors, and they were talking about how they – they really wanted the science in this book to be accurate. So they had an astrophysicist comb over the book and give them 25 pages of notes on how things would actually go in space. Whoa. So the descriptions of, like, the explosions and stuff that happened, the airlocks and stuff, is all scientifically That's accurate. That's so awesome. It is. And I was they- wondering about that. I like if they consulted with scientists or, like, also with programmers and mm-hmm. stuff, if they, they know did. about that. Yeah. They did. They contacted programmers who also combed through and said, this is accurate now. Uh, and they also did that with psychiatrists, so to do with all, like, the mental Whoa, stuff that's, on. like, heavy duty. Good it for is. them. And they also consulted some kind of uh, doctor, I forget, to do with, basically, to make sure that the way that they presented the Phobos virus was accurate. And they those and then those people they consulted were like, we know what's funny is that this would affect this part of the brain, which is right next to the other part of the brain. So I wonder what would happen if it, and so basically <gasps> oh, got to, like, so work cool. with that person that they consulted to make the Phobos virus really 
um, realistic. Oh, that's awesome. Which is also terrifying. It is scary. But I like this more than your stip- than your typical zombie. It was, yeah, it was yeah. like elevated zombie a bit. It was elevated zombie. I love zombie in different genres as well. Like, there's, Same. there's so many books that are basically have zombies, zombie. but yeah. they're not necessarily. Like, yeah. okay, I love the zombies in the Maze Runner series. Mm-hmm. You haven't read it, but. Yeah. You have? You no, know. I haven't read it, yeah, but I, it's Maze Runner, so I'm very aware right. of it. Yes. There's, like, zombies, but they don't call them zombies, obviously, but yeah. they're basically zombies. And I, those like are the so ravagers. fun. Yeah. Like the Ravagers, yeah. Yeah. But the thing about the Ravagers is they're more lucid than your typical zombie, and the Phobos virus victims are much more lucid than the Ravagers. Mm-hmm. Like, they know who they are. They know where they are, for the most part. Um, they remember their lives, but they're just, like, psychotic. Yeah, they be- just become evil, basically. They become evil, essentially, yeah. They become, like, high-powered evil and basically don't feel pain. So, it's very scary. <laughs> it's very scary, yeah. So basically, this this virus starts coming up, and pretty quickly it becomes clear. And I combed back through the book, and I couldn't figure out where in the book, because of my listening sporadically and then reading it, where we're really introduced to the cause of the Phobos virus. So I'll just tell you guys, because mm-hmm. I start talking about it right away. Baytech caused it. Yeah. So, surprise, Baytech surprise. sucks. Baytech sucks We so hate Baytech. All my so, homies hate Baytech. All my homies hate Baytech. <laughs> <laughs> I need that on t-shirt. All my homies hate Baytech. <laughs> Ezra wears it every single day of his life. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so basically, her mom's on the Copernicus. All of a sudden, shit goes down. Ezra, he's now a, like, cyclone pilot, which is, like, you know, like an air, you know, force. Air a very force hot profession pilot. in this society, very I'm assuming. Very hot. Almost as hot as a blacksmith in medieval times. <laughs> it's so close to being that hot, you know, but will anything ever be that yeah, hot? No. no, not in Kendall's mind. Absolutely not. <laughs> that is peak. Cyclone pilot's pretty close. Though. It's pretty close. It's good. Anyways, while well, they're out, um, they're out fighting, what, the Lincoln, I think? The Lincoln is the one after them, yeah. It's so like the, the Lincoln is after them. That's one of Baytech's ships. Uh-huh. Um, and basically, uh, shit goes down, unsurprisingly, but then Aiden the AI... So Aiden, like, runs the Alexander, essentially. Uh And uh, Aiden gives the pilots this command. Copernicus is in the area. um, Gives them the command to destroy the Copernicus, basically. Uh Because Aiden Aiden detects that there's Phobos virus is on board and spreading widely. But there's still a lot of uninfected people on Copernicus. And so Aiden basically gives the orders and people are like, wait, is this verified? But because Aiden has the authority to give orders like that, they just never thought that Aiden would wipe out an entire vessel full of thousands of people. Yes. But he does. He basically orders the massacre of the Copernicus. It's crazy. It's insane. So then people are getting court-martialed because they're like, you listen to Aiden. They're like, Aiden gave us the orders. And they're like, how can Aiden? So basically all that's going down. And so now we jump back over to the Hypatia where there's Katie Grant. And she's basically made friends with this guy, um, Zhang? This is Byron Zhang? Yeah. That's his name, right? Mm -hmm. Byron. Byron, Um, yeah. So Byron. So he's this hacker. She's also a hacker. They were both separately hacking and kind of came upon each other's hacks. And they were like, I'm here for the truth. And she's like, me too. And they're like, let's be buddies. And so they like don't really meet in person ever, but they do like start like hacking to get information because they're like, (laughs) what went down with the Copernicus? They're they're hiding something. Also, her mother was on the Copernicus. Yeah, pretty As far as she knows, her last surviving relative because she's pretty sure that her father is dead on Heimdall too. So she's mad, understandably. Yeah. Um, she's very depressed for a lot of this book. 
Oh, Katie's <laughs> very, very depressed. Also, we get to see some of um. It's I like when we jump back over to uh, Ezra, who has no idea what's going on, but he's talking to Katie, and Katie's kind of starting to be like, "Hey, so you want to help me out with this like hacking project of mine?" <laughs> hey. And he's like, "Um, not really, but you're pretty, so I guess I will." <laughs> yes. But all of his friends and their like little like group chat are like James. teasing him about how he's in love with Astro Princess. Oh yeah, they just love making fun of him. Yeah, it's so funny. That gift was one of my favorite parts of the book. Was like all their boy conversations because after they were really to funny. Javi and his friends talk, I'm like, I never would have known. I guess like I never had close enough guy friends to like see the way they all actually talk to each other. But I was like, oh my god, this is how they talk. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Girls don't speak to each other like that, but it's very funny to witness. Anyway, so that that's adorable, and that's going on, and he and Katie are getting closer. People keep dying. Things are getting worse. Aiden is out of control. They shut Aiden down, so then when Aiden, like, boots back up, basically, he's mad. Yeah. And he's scared, but he won't admit it because he's an AI, and he's not supposed to be yeah, scared. Yeah, he, like, refuses to acknowledge that he has, like, emotions almost. Yeah, exactly. Um, Javi says, hoping in the shower. I assume he means hopping in the shower. <laughs> hoping for what? <laughs> He's just sitting in the shower like, please, please. Please let me be a space cowboy. <laughs> please let him be a space cowboy. <laughs> You're like, wait, this one's actually for me. Actually, that's what I'm hoping to shower. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways. Yeah, so things are getting worse. Um, Aiden is acting crazy. He didn't like getting shut down. He's starting to develop human emotions. But, uh, but partially because of what Byron and Katie are doing, uh, they're kind of like messing with his systems and making it difficult for him to function. So he's getting all these error messages. Uh, and also because he's like malfunctioning, but he doesn't know. He's becoming basically sentient. Mm. And so because he's not programmed for sentience, he keeps getting these error messages. Yeah, it's so cute, honestly. It really is cute. It's so kind like, of sad, too. <laughs> it is sad. And then it's scary because he's like, I was merciful to kill them. And then he refers to humans as like Am I meat. not merciful? Am I not merciful? <laughs> he's like, meat, sticky, wet, Ugh! irrelevant, meat. Yeah. Talking about, which is so interesting because I'm like, yeah, I, I assume a, a computer would probably, yeah, that's what we would be. Mm-hmm. So, so it's so interesting. All of Aiden's dialogue is so, so there's like, um, they're like core files, like Aiden's core files or whatever that you get to read with him, you know, talking about all of it. What? <laughs> I, mean, I said, he said, hoping in the shower. And I said, uh-huh. got it. And he said, in our room, obviously. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, uh-huh. Okay, King. I don't even to say to that. Where did it? Where did he think I thought he was showering? Like outside with the wall. Well, there's the other shower. Yeah, I guess so. Hmm. Why would I? I don't know why he that? felt he needed to specify that, but okay. Uh, we are the shower head did break off and like like <gasps> launch at him yesterday. Oh there, no! So old. Uh, so which is good because I'd already bought a replacement one. But anyways, maybe that's why he's thinking that I've forgotten that he already replaced the shower head. Anyways, so Katie enlists Ezra's help to uh, basically make her hack, like a super hack, and get all the information that she's looking for. Uh, and then it kind of gets his friends in trouble. Okay, now there's now the Phobos virus is on board his ship. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the people who have the virus are all being, like, quarantined in one of, like, the docking bays or whatever. Yeah. So that is not good. Everything is going bad at once. Okay, so Aiden is going crazy now. Also, he's aware that he's being hacked from the inside. So this is when he becomes really aware of Katie. Mm-hmm. So he can tell. He knows who she is now. Um, or he doesn't know exactly who she is, but he knows... He can, like, recognize basically her fingerprints messing with his system. Mm-hmm. And Byron's as well. But he's not as, like, interested in Byron. 
Anyways, Aiden decides that to preserve the fleet, because his whole thing is, even though they are insects to me, I will protect them. I have always protected them. Am I not merciful? Am I not merciful? <laughs> error, error. Error, error. <laughs> it's so interesting. Anyways, he basically kills everybody in command of uh-huh. the ship. It's crazy. Which is just insane. And so now... Yeah, because he, like, lets the Phobos people out Yeah, he lets them. the Phobos people out to get them. And then he lets the Phobos people basically out to get the whole damn ship. Katie is like, Ezra, what's going on over there? Also, they've kind of, like, reconciled at this yeah, point. Yeah, they're, Ezra. like, together again. They're, like, together now. They're super, super cute. Oh, they are um, cute. They really are. Oh. Uh, and so she's like, oh, my God, Ezra, what's going on over there? And he's like, that he's like, something's going on. The Phobos people, they're everywhere. I'm trying to get people out. So he's trying to, like, help, like, evacuate and save people. Um, and people are, are get contracting the virus everywhere. Uh, basically, she's like, uh, okay, Ezra, I'm going to come over there. Like, I can't hack. I can't fix this from here. I have to get over there. I'm going to get you. I'm going to save you. Uh-huh. She tries to get the Hypatia to, uh, the captain of the Hypatia to let her go over. She says no. Shocking. Uh, so she basically, like, sneaks out anyways. Like, she's so good at hacking. Um, and also, the, the Hypatia had also, like, already received, like, a basically a bunch of evacuation people like like mm-hmm. refugees or whatever and because they, they tested positive for the phobos virus she sh- like shunt them out the airlock so she that killed was so all sad. of the refugees yeah so basically she's also oh she was on the phone with that guy i know oh also i didn't say this before byron is not on the hypatia so byron katie's hacking buddy mm-hmm. he's on the alexander yes. so they've been like hacking from across so they've never met in person mm-hmm. um but I think that they've, like, seen each other a couple yeah. times. Over, also, like, video. this is when Aiden is holding the Hypatia hostage by being like, you can't leave or else I'll <laughs> yes. <make> you. <laughs> yes. So basically, so the Lincoln is a... Pr- so here's this... Man, they did amazing with having that, like, high stakes, like, deadline Yeah, it was very up. high stakes. The Lincoln is on their way to reach them. There's, like, T minus... In the book, you keep getting... I guess probably in the audiobook, too. You keep getting, like, the updates of Lincoln approaching will arrive in, like, this many times. This percentage of uh, occupants with Phobos virus or whatever. Or this many survivors and stuff. It's all really, really interesting. But um, the Lincoln is approaching, basically... Um, Aiden has decided that if the Hypatia does not stay, then... Well, he's he's told the Hypatia captain, he's like, this is Aiden, I'm in charge of this ship. And she's like, I want to speak to Torrance, General Torrance, or whatever, who's in charge. And he's like, I have eliminated General Torrance. He's been Torrance. relieved of duty. He's been re- exactly. <laughs> uh, like, oh, so you killed fleet. him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's like, and I'll kill you too if you try to leave, basically. <laughs> I will nuke us both, essentially. Mm-hmm. So... She's like, okay, well, this is not going to work. And he's, it's so weird trying to follow Aiden's logic for why the Hypatia has to be there in order to, um, to save the Alexander, because if he can save the Alexander, then he can basically has a plan for how to wipe out the Lincoln, Mm -hmm. which is after him and the Hypatia, which are the only ones left in that fleet. So... This is all, like, his very, like, convoluted logic. But it makes sense in the end when you realize that Katie's been his plan all along. Mm -hmm. Which is, like, I just barely started to suspect Mm -hmm. how important Katie was to Aiden. Like, when, way after the fact, I should have already known. (laughs) I was like, oh, no. Well, there were quite a few twists and turns here at the end. There really were. So, Katie gets over to the Alexander. Uh, She's messaging Ezra the whole Mm -hmm. time that she's there. And he's like, I told you not to come. It's too dangerous. And she's like, well, where are you? I'm gonna, it's too late for that now. And so she, uh, he tells her where she is, where, where he is. And she's now, she's trying to get there. She's got like on her hazmat suit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to just basically not get killed by the Phobos virus victims. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's messaging her the whole time and he sends her a 
picture of her face. I mean, it's in the book. You can see it in code. I have it's a picture of her it. face. Uh, and she's like, when did you learn how to do that? And he says something like, I don't know. I am not just a pretty face. He yeah, I'm not that. just a pretty face. Yeah. So, um, and then she starts like talking about like their anniversary and stuff, like their first anniversary and the plans. And then Ezra changes the subject, which is really weird because like, he just want to talk about it. He's like, you just, you shouldn't be here. I'm stressed out for you. And she's like, I think and she basically, she gets attacked by a Phobos virus victim. It's one of Ezra's friends who she recognizes mm-hmm. and she has to shoot him. And she's so upset and distraught. And Ezra like, just won't talk about it at all. He's like, you just have to get to me. So uh, she finally gets there. Ezra's not there. Um, Byron is there. Uh, Byron is there and he is hacking away at all of the... Physically like, with an axe. Physically with an axe <laughs> at the consoles. Yeah. Not like hacking away like a computer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Like with an axe, destroying things physically. And he's <laughs> like, if you even leave one seed, Aiden will grow back. We have to get rid of it. Uh-huh. And also like, hey, Katie, it's nice to see you again. <laughs> yeah. And at first she's like, this is great, Byron. I can help you. We can take this down together. And then she realizes, oh, no. He, this is not normal, Byron. This he is, got got. He got got. This is Phobos, Byron. Oh, I was so sad. I know. Me too. Especially because he actually lasted. Byron actually lasted a really long time. There's the whole section mm-hmm. about, like, kind of what he's doing when shit goes down. Right. Uh, which is also really interesting. But um, basically, it's rough. Uh, Byron tries to kill her. He doesn't succeed. He kind of, like, is lucid enough for a second to realize what's going on. And he kills himself. Yeah. To protect Katie. Mm. Poor Byron. Yeah, and also to give Katie a chance to save everything. Yeah. So, uh, and then she's like, where's Ezra? Where's Ezra? Aiden's voice comes over the intercom and he's like, Ezra is not here. And uh, when I tell you I was losing my mind, I was losing it. I can't, I was so, I was like, no, no, I know. No, no, I, no, no. I was starting to suspect. I was like, oh my God. I, I didn't think suspect at all. I didn't suspect it at all, so I was I was oh, blown away. Horrible. So she's like, what do you mean he's not here? Like, not in this room? And he's like, like, not on this ship. And she's like, what are you saying? He's like, Ezra is dead. And no! she just loses her shit. And oh I'm like, yeah, rightfully God. so. And she's like, when was the last time Ezra messaged me? And it was like a long-ass long time, ago. time ago. So these conversations, including the portrait of her in code, that she's been thinking were Ezra, like all of their like lovey-dovey discussions Aiden. and him telling her to be safe – None of it was Ezra. It was all Aiden who Ugh. hacked in back into their comms and was using that. I was distraught. I was I'm distraught so too. Serious. I was like, Katie was out. also distraught. I mean, yeah, wouldn't you be? Yeah, and then so finally, after her like like significant time of freak out, understandably, she's like, "Why would you do this?" And he's like, "I had to get you here. All of this, including not letting the Hypatia go, was because he needed to get Katie on board the Alexander because she was the only one with enough knowledge of his programming to fix him to the point that he could basically be prepared to." face the the Lincoln. Mm -hmm. And his plan for facing the Lincoln is to get close enough and to survive long enough that they could get close enough range for him to nuke the Lincoln, even though it would most likely kill, like, destroy their whole ship as well. So mutually assured destruction. So crazy. Yeah. But he couldn't let the Hypatia go because she had to get to him. So she's obviously furious. She was, she's like, I'm not going to help you. Why would I help you? Ezra's dead. Nothing matters. And he's basically like, if you don't want everyone on the Hypatia to die, then we have to do this. And she's like, what about the thousand survivors that are on this ship? Because there's still approximately a thousand people on the Alexander who are not infected with the virus. Uh And he's like, well, screw them, basically. And she's like, I will help you if you will find a way to let them evac to Mm -hmm. get to the Hypatia. 
and he we would, love our empathetic queen we love our empathetic astro princess oh yeah because that's what they call her which is so cute um so he basically is like Ugh, fine let's like i guess we can let <laughs> it go whatever so they do they manage to get there they get to go over to the hypatia she like calls into the captain of the hypatia and she's like yo i'm sending some refugees your way you better let them in and she's like what about you katie and then she's like, I have stuff I have to do here. And she's like, just tell my father. I don't know. And she's, and then the, the commander of the Hypatia is like, I know. I know what to tell him. You know, in case he's not dead, because he might very well be dead on Heimdall. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so the Hypatia gets to leave. Uh, so that was also part of the deal, was that the Hypatia could leave. So now it's just the Alexander. And now she, even though Byron and her have been trying to destroy Aiden from the inside, and then Byron was physically destroying all of Aiden's yes. components, she has to somehow get Aiden back into working order enough that he can navigate um, close enough to the Lincoln when it approaches that they can basically stop it in its tracks. Because if, if they don't defeat the Lincoln now, the Lincoln will catch up to Hypatia and murder everybody. Yep. So the, ooh, look, there's Flora. So the there's only you. chance at the Hypatia, see, I told you, it's okay to be around the dog. This is the first time that she's, like, willingly come out with the dog in the she's same sleeping, room. She's sleeping, baby. It's okay. Also, see, Brownie loves cats, but she has this unnerving habit of lunging because she gets so excited. Uh-huh. So she wants to, like, lunge to be nose to nose. I wonder if she's going to start whining. She starts whining because she just wants so badly to be close. Oh, look. No, she just. Oh, oh that was sad. That was really sad. <laughs> she Brownie just looked at her and Flora's like, ugh, I went back under the bed. I know. <laughs> Anyways, that was actually progress because that's the first time that she hasn't lunged at Flora. They looked at each other for a while. They looked. She didn't lunge. That's now Flora does. No, it's not bad. Anyways, back to the book. She's really, I was like in the climax of the book and I was like, what if I talk about the cat instead? <laughs> the listener's like, what? They're like, wait, is the cat in the book now? I'm like, no, I'm so sorry. Um, anyways, so, it, so if they don't destroy the Lincoln now, everybody, basically all of the survivors from Carenza that are left and not afflicted with the Phobos virus or already murdered by Aiden, they will be dead. So they have to stop the Lincoln. So Katie has to get the Alexander, a.k.a. Aiden, who's controlling the Alexander, back into working order enough that they can get close enough to nuke it when it arrives. So Mm -hmm. she's got, like, a very limited amount of hours. With the Phobos victims trying to kill her. With the Phobos victims totally loose on board the ship. Yep. And, like, she's literally now the only one on the in- left on the entire Alexander that is not infected with the virus. Yep. Um, so, basically, a bunch of crazy shit goes down. She has to get to this other part of the ship to repair this other part of his system. And she literally has to, like, put on a space suit and, like, walk outside of the ship to get there. Uh-huh. And then she has to fix that. And then she has to go fix something else. And this whole time, the Phobos virus victims are trying to catch and kill her. And they're also destroying more of Aiden's components. So they're making it harder and harder. So there's a point where he blacks out. Aiden, like, goes offline. Essentially dies for, like, two hours. I loved that part. It was so cinematic. It was. Because he, like, kind of wakes up. And Katie's, like, hanging from something. And she's like, what have you yeah, been doing? Yeah, she's like, Aiden, where the <laughs> F have you been? <laughs> and then also in the book, because, like, uh, basically... the person who's collected all these files is like you know because uh, she's like don't worry i censored out uh, all of the curse words yeah wouldn't want there to be any kind of profanity in the documents detailing the elimination of an entire planet <laughs> um so it's very funny illumine is very sarcastic oh yeah very very funny uh and mysterious and scary god mm-hmm. just so good oh it's all so good anyways so 
she does manage to basically get Aiden back online enough, but now Aiden's having this issue where he's realizing, wait, I don't want to die. And he's like, wait, I don't want Katie to die. Uh-huh. Wait, I don't want to end. I don't want us to end. Mm-hmm. So he is, like, really enjoying this teamwork with Katie. Yeah. And Katie is, like, getting to, like, understand him a little bit more right. now. Like, see him more as a person, although she hates him. You know. Yeah, but they're working together. They're yeah. working together. And then by the end of this, she's like a lot more. I think more. she esteems him a bit. Yeah. yeah, she gets him, basically. She's yeah. like kind of understands where he's coming from. Anyway, so it's bad. Basically, we're at like the final the final moments of the Alexander. She's in basically the weapon control room. Uh, they've got the, like all of the weapons back online enough that she's basically has to, who has no experience with this, shoot down the oncoming like missiles from the Lincoln because the Lincoln is now approaching long enough that Aiden can maneuver the Alexander close enough to be in range to shoot the nukes. So this is very Star Wars. It is very Star Wars. <laughs> it's amazing. It gave me like Ray in the Millennium Falcon and yes. Force Awakens yes. energy. It does. <laughs> no Absolutely. experience, but going for it but anyway. Just going for it. <laughs> and they managed to do it. And, uh, and he manages to, Aiden manages to send off the nuke. They hit the Lincoln. You get to see the Lincoln explode. And what I love about this description, especially now going back and reading it, knowing that they had an astrophysicist look over this to make sure that all of the descriptions of how explosions and stuff would happen and everything else in space. I'm like, wow, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing. Somehow, miraculously, so the blast, like the backlash or whatever, basically destroys... Um, almost all of the ship. So now the Alexander has like approximately 28 minutes until oxygen runs out. And then like a couple more minutes after that, that something else fails basically. So yeah. she's just like, like chilling in limbo by chilling. I mean, yeah. she got knocked unconscious for she a second. She's very much like five more minutes. Mm-hmm. I'll just die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the thing is like, cause there's no like uh, cause space is a vacuum. It's not exactly like the typical, like a, um, explosion backlash you would expect from like sending off a nuke but there's like a wave of like radiation so now she is suffering from severe radiation sickness because she just got like slapped with a wave of radiation so she's like really really sick she got flown across like she got like thrown across the room there's no gravity basically um and he's like you can still get out of here i thought that you would die i thought that this would like take the ship down but you actually have approximately 28 minutes and she's like well i'm gonna die of radiation sickness and he's like yeah but if you take this like it's like kind of like a mobile hard drive type thing yeah i forget what it's called like the comm unit yeah, or whatever like yeah her comm unit or whatever he's like i've been uploading all of these incidences all of everything all of my like core processes and memories to this so if you take this with you at least when they find you it'll tell your story yeah uh and so so he basically he guides her to the evac shuttle she gets in and she shockingly so she gets sent off she's like goodbye aiden and this is the last that she hears of aiden because aiden knows that he's gonna die now yeah um and then basically we pick up there's like silence nothing and then beep 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 of the distress signal and that's all there is yes. and then the hypatia coming in this is uh katie is that yes. you are you there um and they pick up her this is also cinematic this should be a movie clearly oh, in my yeah. head i see it as a movie yes me too um so they pick her up but then she has to stay in this like loading dock she survived they're treating her for radiation sickness but she has to be in quarantine because a radiation and b they have to make sure she doesn't have the phobos virus but she still has the console with her that has all of this documentation uh-huh. uh so she's there she's there for like seven days and then all of a sudden on the last day somebody walks in there's like a bunch of doctors at the door but somebody walks in and she's like oh my god i really must be crazy i must have the virus 
and it's Ezra. Ah! And Ezra's like, nope, you're not sick. He's not dead. He's not He's dead. He's not dead. He did get, he broke his arm, basically. Yeah. So then instead of being one of the Cyclone pilots who died like all of his friends did, like Aiden like and Katie had assumed that he had died. Because uh-huh. I think Aiden actually thought he was dead. I don't think that Aiden was, like, lying on purpose. I think that he really assumed because because Ezra should have been with the group of Cyclone pilots that right. died. Right. I don't think I that thought that he was tricking her, but maybe he, he might didn't. Have. At first, I thought it was a trick, and then afterwards, I kind of thought maybe it maybe wasn't. Not. I don't know. Because we were in his head a lot for him mm-hmm. to not have mentioned it at all. So I was thinking like, maybe he did mm-hmm. fully believe it. I See, don't that's know. the thing. As I, I don't, it really, it could be either way. Anyway, it's it was how a good you read twist. It. <laughs> it was a great twist. Both twists, he being dead and then him being not dead were good. Yeah, because I was good. like, please, I want him to still be alive somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I even forgot that the, the book starts out with them giving their personal testimonies regarding these incidences. So of course he survived because he couldn't have given the interview. Because it was I all after that the fact. I that happened... Right after the mining com- oh, maybe uh, colony it did. got destroyed. So that's why... I- maybe it did. In yeah. my head, it yeah. happened all after the fact. But you're right. That was just after the colony. I think it was Wow, then. I gave myself false hope. He really... <laughs> See, I fully was like, I think he's dead. No, after that was my first reaction because I forgot about the interviews that I, yeah. incorrect- I interpreted incorrectly anyways. But then afterwards, I was like, oh, wait, surely he's alive. And then, wow, I totally like messed that, that revelation up for myself. But it was still well, shocking. He's and still alive. It's exciting. He's alive. He's there. They kiss. They're they back make together. Out. They make together. out. It's great. Thank God. Um, and then <laughs> the and biggest then, twist. The biggest twist of all. So. Oh my God! This freaks me out. This is this is amazing. So basically, we find out. So remember earlier, I very briefly mentioned that um, Ezra has mommy issues. He does, and that yes. he wouldn't leave Carenza no matter what. Well, we've already at this point, there was like a little, you know, conversation where he admitted, I, we didn't want to leave Carenza because my mom is not a good person uh-huh. and we didn't want to be found. Mm-hmm. And so then Katie's like, oh my God, if you had just said that. So we have that information going into this. So now everything's concluded. They're reunited. Now we are back to Illuminae. And it's an email responding to Illuminae saying, saying essentially, um, Thanks for all the documents, etc. I would like to discuss this on a private chat. I'll be available on this like private line uh, from this time to this time. And so then we go to see that the private chat transcript and the Lumine shows up. And this is the like founder, owner or whatever, the person who is totally in charge of Baytech. Mm-hmm. So this is so Baytech is the one who this is implied basically hired somebody to be a fact finder to make sure that they have eliminated all evidence of their involvement on, with massacring the entire planet of Carenza and the Phobos virus. So they're trying to track down all the information to get rid of it. They think that they've already basically done done that yeah except for this expert hacker they hired to make sure they can get the last of it i mean that's how i read it at least yeah um so basically the she's the the owner of baytech is i don't know just being like i don't know, just being weird with illuminae uh-huh. and illuminae is being like yeah so this has been fun basically i can't wait to send these publics like these, yeah. these documents like live yes and then Baytech, the baytech uh person is like wait what like, I don't, I don't think so. And she's like, 
Illuminate's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm gonna. And then the Baytech person is like, this is Katie Grant, right? <laughs> and Illuminate's like, oh, you get two lollipops or whatever. It's just a thing that she says, like, oh, you got it right, you get a lollipop. She's mm-hmm. very sarcastic. So she says that. And I just love it because knowing that the Baytech, the owner of Baytech, has already read all these transcripts, so she already knows that Katie says that. So that is almost like the most, it's like a double confirmation of her being Katie Grant. <laughs> Katie is so sarcastic. She is. It's wonderful. And so um, the Baytech one's like, I'm, I'm going to destroy you, basically. You'll never get these documents out. Where's my son? And she's like, your son doesn't want you. So don't worry about it. Um, it's so good. And then she's like, you'll never, I'll, I'll get to you before you release these files or something. Like she's just thre- all these threats coming yeah. from Baytech. They sound really intense, too. These are not like empty threats by any means. Or at least the person from Baytech does not think and obviously by the person from Baytech, it's Ezra's mom. Ezra's mom. Ezra's mom runs Baytech. I was shook. I was like, how did I not guess that? I don't know. I didn't either. I felt like such an idiot. <laughs> I guess, I think I thought it was going to be like addressed like later in the series. Yeah. I did it not expect it to be like end of book one revelation there. Yeah. I was losing it. Yeah. Me because too. that's actually when we find out in the story that mm-hmm. Ezra's alive too, because that's yep. when she's like, she, Katie's like, oh, your son's with me. And yeah. he's alive and blah, blah, blah And yeah, he doesn't yeah, want to yeah. see you. Exactly. She's <laughs> like, I, I like, want to see my son. Oh and she, and my she's God. like, he doesn't want to see you. Um, and she's like, like oh I'm going to find you. And she's like, you'll never get us. <laughs> and she's like, if these documents go live. And she's like, oops, there already are. What? Everybody told everybody. So get your shit together, I guess. Um, and it's so good. Anyways, I can't even like put into words. Now we're just. So I want I want to know so badly what happens in number Same. Two I'm like, there's three books. I'm also like, how? What what is gonna happen? Yeah, it's Where's gotta Aiden? Be crazy. Oh, it's also implied that Aiden oh, survived Aiden's because back. the Baytech uh Ezra's mom from Baytech is like basically like, How did you get all these files? There's no way you could have all these files. And she's like, Oh, well didn't you don't you remember what Byron said in that transcript about a if you leave a seed it'll grow it'll grow back? Well, guess what? I still have my little comm unit that Aiden had uploaded all of his information into. So Aiden is growing back. So Aiden never actually fully died. Yeah, so. it's so exciting. Yeah. So Aiden, I'm assuming, will also be in the next book. I'm very curious to see if his, like, quote-unquote feelings continue to progress for Katie. Because it was, he definitely <laughs> fell in love with her. And I've obviously I not, think he like, did, yeah. he fell in love with her. But I'm curious but to see. But he's definitely taken so much. No, exactly. And also Aiden's. No, like, that's why I'm so curious to see like, I know, where that's going to go is because it obviously from Katie's end could never and she has she just basically doesn't hate him as much anymore. Mm-hmm. And even if that weren't the case, like he is an AI and she's very clearly aware of that and deeply in love with Ezra. Mm-hmm. But he's the one who is like it's for him the boundary between him and humanity that's like really becoming blurred, not for Katie at all. So I'm curious to see like where can that even go from here? Like what is it? What are what's going to happen with his feelings? Like. I know. Yeah. Who I knows? Guess. But I'm also just like, I really want to see them like mess Baytech up so bad, you know? Oh, so And I bad. want the like confrontation with Ezra and his mom. 100%. I'm really excited. I want to see it too. She's a psycho. She's a psycho. She is. She's such a psycho. Anyways, that is Illuminae, which was, I mean, just an amazing It book. was awesome. I can't even, whether you guys do listen to it on audiobook, whether you buy the book, I cannot express to you guys how amazing this book was. Yeah, the audiobook was so lit. Yeah. So what would you say your favorite part was? Um maybe I think the ending. The ending? Yeah, the whole all the revelations right there at the very end were my favorite. The one the conversation between Illuminae uh-huh. and Ezra's mom. And Ezra's mom. I had 
I was going to say I have to agree, but I don't even know. I mean, that was definitely, no, I think that was my favorite. I yeah, think that was my favorite too. I liked a lot of parts. <laughs> so, all of it was so good. But if I was going to pick like an individual like uh, conversation, like messaging moment, absolutely that one. What about your least favorite? Mm, I was really sad when James died. James McNulty. Oh um, my god, that Ezra's was friend. really, really sad. I really liked him. And then he like basically there's a part where that he goes with his team and he's trying to save this little girl who has mm-hmm. the Phobos virus, but they don't realize that. Yeah. And then she like knifes him, but they're so the whole team is gonna like leave, like they're evacuating, but then yeah. the headquarters is like, Well, you can't take him because now he's his hazmat has been exposed. So they have to uh, leave him. That was the worst. And then I think that was the worst. It was horrible. And then um our girl Katie finds him later and he's like shot himself before he could get killed. Yep. It is so sad. I was really upset. And his he was like always joking with Ezra, like, hey, name your first kid after me, that kind of thing. Yeah. And oh, I was so upset. I agree. I agree. That was the saddest. I also really didn't like when they would like just like ship people out the airlock. That is one of my biggest problems. Oh, it's very scary. That's like my scariest thing with sci-fi is like when you send someone out an airlock. I don't know why. There is this is I've probably talked about this before to somebody. I don't know if I've done this on the pod before. But you know like the uh, magic school bus episode where they go to space? Uh-huh. Remember when I think his name's Arnold or something? <laughs> yeah. He takes off his helmet and he freezes. <laughs> yes. That was in my nightmares. Something about that moment <laughs> no. really freaked me out as a kid. And I get that same kind of visceral reaction to somebody being shunt out an airlock. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It just really freaks me the F out. It's so, scary. It is. It's scary. And so every time that anybody, especially when like the Hypatia captain was like, oh, well, there's Phobos virus victims. So that one was really rough because when those refugees came over, they were mixed in with healthy people and Phobos virus that victims. That was really sad. But they'd all been exposed. Yeah. So they And she was, like, talking to that one guy about, like, their poetry and all yeah. that. And they were really vibing. And then she was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I understand why she made that decision. But it was so tragic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, um... Yeah, that was, I guess, also one of least favorite because it was so tragic, but not least favorite for, like, it being in the book. None, there is nothing in this book that I would take out. <laughs> yeah, so. You gotta have the stakes. Yeah, it's true. Um, I'm trying to get my, what's your favorite character? Um, ooh, probably Katie, but, I mean, I don't know. Credit for goes to Byron also. He was really interesting. And also Aiden because he was so fascinating. I can't call him a favorite character. I would call him easily the most intriguing character. Mm-hmm. And then Katie's my favorite. And then uh, honorable mention for Byron. Yeah, honestly, Aiden might be my favorite, but mm-hmm. I really liked Ezra as well. Just I, was I like re- Ezra and his He was, pack. like, very funny to me. Mm-hmm. And group, I love Katie, too. But... I like Ezra's friends. They were funny. They were so cute. Favorite quotes? Well, there are a couple parts, like, towards the end where Aiden was kind of, like, waxing poetic a lot. He was. And uh, there was just one part where he was kind of, like, watching Katie, and he said, When the light that kisses the back of her eyes were birthed, her ancestors were not yet born. How many human lives have ended in the time it took that light to reach her? So It was so crazy. I was like, whoa. That is such a good quote. Mine are also pretty romantic, actually. So let's see. One of them you already referenced, so I'll read that one first. (laughs) Uh, This is Aiden, uh, basically also waxing poetic again about Katie. She is catalyst. She is chaos. 
I can see why he loves her. Yes. So good. Because don't you want someone to say that about you? She like, who catalyst. doesn't want she that? She is chaos. I knew you were going to love that. Well, who wouldn't love that? I mean, everybody <laughs> loves it. Don't Doesn't everybody want to be described this way? Uh, No, but I what? do love the energy. You don't want to be described this way? I just don't feel like I'm that chaotic all the time. But you don't want to be described as chaos? I don't know. I can't even relate to this. <laughs> I'm just like, this is the ultimate compliment, Kendall. <laughs> Would you not feel complimented if someone had said this about you? Here's a funny one that's just underneath that on my list. It wasn't one of my favorites, but it was entertaining. I am frequently underestimated. I think it's because, because I'm, I'm short. <laughs> that one made me laugh. That's a good one. Oh, remind me next episode to tell you about my new fun sexist experience at the Home Depot. Oh, great. Um, and also one of the feed stores that I went to. <laughs> and that's that on sexism. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll hit it next week. Okay. But it had a very similar vibe to I'm frequently underestimated. I think it's because I'm short. Except that I think it's because I'm a woman. Yeah. 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 Anyways, uh, I'll talk about it next time because there's no time this episode and I do want to get into it because I want to like bitch about it a little bit. <laughs> Anyways, okay, here it is. Okay, actually I think this is Ezra, not Aiden, talking about Katie. I won't read the whole one, just my very favorite part of this quote. You deserve every star in the galaxy laid out at your feet and a thousand diamonds in your hair. You deserve someone who'll run with you as far and as fast as you want to go. Oh, that made me so emo when I read it. Oh my god! <laughs> There's a also not a thousand in diamonds hair. in your hair. Why exactly. is that the best part? I know. Because you're just like, I want diamonds in my yeah, hair. Yeah, I think it's because I'm like, well, I do want that. <laughs> yeah, it's not about even about that you deserve every star in the galaxy laid out at your feet. That's a very sweet sentiment. Yes. But it's just like so almost personal and original that he would say, and a thousand diamonds, diamonds in, in your hair. hair. And it also implies that he really likes her hair. Yeah. Like, which is just like, it's weird. I'm, I'm it's imagining so her like a, a celestial goddess. I know. I also, I, for my wedding, I got those, I don't know if you remember, but the things I got to go in my hair looked like little diamonds and they were little swirly pins that you like swirl into your hair. Yeah. And I still have a bunch of them. And I just, there's, I love it when people put stuff like that in their uh, hair. Oh, me too. So. I'm Elizabeth in uh, Pride and Prejudice. She yes. has like uh, pretty stuff in her hair that yes. one time. It's so, I totally know exactly the moment yep. you're talking about because it's so pretty. <laughs> she looks um, beautiful. Ugh. Anyways, those are my, those are my favorite quotes. Pinky's up. Oh my god, five pinkies. Five. Up. Hooray! Is that two five pinkies up? In a row. In a row. Oh my god. We're on a roll we here. We're on a roll. Thank What's you, everybody. Week? A tree grows in Brooklyn. Oh. For Arbor Day. For Arbor Lexi. Day. Our Lexi, our podcast Fox, Lexi, aka Foxy, will be joining us uh, for A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, which I think is a really long book. So, why on earth did we pick that? Because we were like, Arbor Day, a tree, god. holiday fox, we have to. But it's really long, and I do have it, so I guess I have to start that right after this. <laughs> to start it immediately. Even though I want to just finish reading the I want to read the other two. I know. But I am excited for the episode with Lexi. It'll be great. We haven't really talked to her in a while. Not since our last Not holiday Not since Dracula. Episode. Yeah, wow. <laughs> we always have her for oh, no, the holiday. Oh, Christmas. We, we have her for Christmas. Yeah, uh, yeah, Christmas Carol. But that was like four months ago. Yeah. We oh really God. just have her on for holidays, don't we? Yeah, well, she's our holiday fox. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that'll be good. You guys can join us next week for that. Until then, you guys can follow us on social media. Media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I posted some really good uh, Dubliners memes. Thank you. They were very funny. I was surprised I found any. I know. <laughs> shocking. <laughs> it was shocking. I'm also weirdly proud of the picture I took of the Dubliners. Book. It looks good. But that's also the shawl that I got to wear at my wedding. I did not actually get to wear it because it was way too warm. 
but it's pretty, and it was actually made in Ireland by an Irish company. Aww. So, anyways, it's very, very pretty. Someday I'll have a chance to wear that shawl. But, uh, anyways, you guys can follow us on Instagram and go check that stuff out at That Pretentious Book Club. We're also on TikTok, That Pretentious Book Club. We've got some funny videos from a while ago. I haven't posted much recently, so if you guys have any ideas, uh, let me know. I'm sorry. Listen, I've been busy trying to buy a farm. (laughs) (laughs) And succeeding. And succeeding, exactly. So maybe now I'll do some more of that. But uh, you guys can also go follow us there. If you want to join the club and or support the pod, you can do so by going to Story Siren Studio on Patreon. That's our production company. You can support us there. There's multiple tiers. If you want access to some exclusive episodes and videos that we've posted, you can have that there. Uh, If there's something that you specifically would like to see that you're like, well, maybe I would join Patreon if you guys would do X, Y, Z, reach out, let us know. That's We want to give you guys what you want. So if you guys have any ideas ever, either for episodes or social media or Patreon, please reach out and let us know. We want this to be fun for you guys, not just for us, although it is fun for us. God, we love nonsense. God, we love Illuminae. (laughs) So good. (laughs) This is now an Illuminae podcast. This is an Illuminae podcast. (laughs) Uh, What was it? Uh, The Baytech or not my homies? What was that? (laughs) All my homies. Hate Basic. All my homies hate Basic. <laughs> oh my god, I want that shirt so bad. Listen, if your homie, if all your homies hate Basic, follow us. <laughs> yeah, smash that like button of all your homies. <laughs> all your homies hate Basic. Anyways, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we are excited that you guys were here. We're excited about Illuminate. We're excited to see Foxy again. Until next week, everybody. Keep your teacups full. Your pinkies high. And your book club. Pretentious. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.